back to the DeCesare Group Podcast. I'm your host, Jim DeCesare, and thank you for joining us. This week on the DeCesare Group Podcast, I talked with the accidental librarian. Stick around for details. At the DeCesare Group, we understand the power of effective public relations in driving business growth and success. As a family-owned firm based in Bowling Green, Kentucky, we are committed to providing comprehensive PR solutions tailored to businesses of all sizes and their unique needs. Explore our solutions at the DeCesare Group. From crafting compelling content and amplifying your brand's voice through social media marketing to enhancing your online presence as a Wix icon partner, we've got you covered. Leverage our strategic business and economic development expertise, expand your reach with digital advertising, and capture attention with professional graphic design. The DeCesare Group has a proven track record in political consulting, developing successful campaigns and strategic solutions. For a limited time, the DeCesare Group is offering 25% off our standard social media package. Click the link in the show notes for more information. Partner with the DeCesare Group for effective solutions that drive your business forward. Welcome back to the DeCesare Group Podcast. Hey, make sure you check us out on social media and subscribe to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News, on our website, thedeCesareGroup.com. And if you like the DeCesare Group Podcast, leave us a review on your favorite platform. You know, when site selectors, industries, and businesses are looking to locate or expand their operations, they take many things into account, including... How good are the schools? What kinds of park and recreational activities are available? Arts and culture offerings. And, of course, libraries. That brings us to this week's guest, Courtney Stevens, Executive Director of the Warren County Public Library. Courtney cares intentionally about joy, leadership, and mattering. She's the Executive Director of the Library by Day, an author for HarperCollins by Night, and a hobby goat farmer whenever there's time. She's a former professor, youth minister, Olympic torchbearer, and bookseller. I've known Courtney for about 20 years, and she's good people. Here's my conversation with the executive director of the Warren County Public Library, Courtney Stevens. The Accidental Librarian. Thanks for being on the DeCesare Podcast. How are you, Courtney? (laughs) I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. That is such an awesome phrase, the Accidental Librarian, because you you really are. I am. (laughs) I mean, you're, you're an author. That's right. How many books have you written now? Eight. Wow. Yeah, and I've been with HarperCollins um, since 2012. So That's same awesome. publisher. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And and they're kind of a big deal. They're they're not just some fly by night publishing company. <laughs> that is true. They at one time they were part of the Big Six, which became the Big Five, which is now the Big Four. I'd, who are the Big Four now? Well, are you allowed to say their names? <laughs> they keep they keep combining, and yeah. so I'm not a hundred. I would if I tried to say it now, I'd say it wrong. Is uh, is uh, Harper Collins one of them? It absolutely is. All right, so that's all you need to know. Yeah, and Penguin Random House is one. Sure. So, um, but you know, Torchbearer. Mm-hmm. What year did you do the the Olympic Torchbearer? Um, Was that Atlanta? Nope, 2002, Salt Lake City. How about that? Yeah. And which leg did you get? Uh, Memphis. And how far did you run with it? It's not a super long time. Um, they it's it's probably four or five blocks. Okay. Yeah, and then and you it, pass it off to the next person. Did you get like a replica torch? I got. I kept my torch. Oh, you got to keep it. Yeah. Every um, that's kind of an a really cool factor of the torch run is that they actually for every torch bearer they have a torch because you don't pass the torch the flame moves. Yeah. Right. So. All right. I have it. That's all. Where do you, do you keep it like on the mantle? 
I should. <laughs> Next to your Oscar, your <laughs> book, book awards, no. your, your Peabody's, or what? I don't know. <laughs> no, the, the it's in a box. <laughs> I, I hate to disappoint you, but it's still in a box. Come on. You got to break that bad boy out. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Go to an Olympic torchbearer. Yeah. Or Statue of Liberty. There you go. All right. Uh, let's see. All right. So the name of the bookstore in Nashville you used to work at. Parnassus Books. Parnassus. Is it like a famous bookstore? <laughs> it is. It is owned by Ann Patchett. Okay. Um, and she, you know, like when you um, see photos on Instagram of like Obama, he's carrying around her book. Okay. You know, so. I got you. So she's a big deal. <laughs> she's a big deal. Literary and world. she's lovely. All right. Do you know the difference between a book club and a literary club? Well, it's well, a long I've pause heard, there. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I don't know which one is which, but I've heard that one of them actually reads books. Yes. And the other one likes the idea of books and they use it to drink wine. Yeah. So that's a literary club. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the book club reads a book. Okay. So, so you may hear me reference the book club. So I need to know you're not just sitting around with a bunch of guys drinking wine. No. You're reading books. We actually read and discuss the books. And when possible, we try to get someone in to talk about the book. That's amazing. So we've I done do that. those. I do those clubs. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, your genre of book, it doesn't fit in with a bunch of middle-aged white guys. Oh, well, really? We're all not all white. I you're mean, you're we're, narrowing we're, the field there. I know. But... <laughs> It's just uh, a bunch of middle-aged men. That's okay. I'll try and write something different next yeah. time. Yeah. You know, Widen my demographics. So, you know, we've, we've read everything from Brad Meltzer to Stephen Covey. That's amazing. So I read that in that genre as well, too. So we're all over the place. But anyhow, all right, what was the last thing I was going to ask you before we get into the, the real uh, question? So as I mentioned in the open, I think we've known each other almost 20 years. We have. And... Uh, you, we met at church. We did. <laughs> it's a good place to meet people. It is an amazing place and, to meet people. And so, you know, our uh, engineer of this program, Justin, who's mm -hmm. in here, you were his uh, youth director at one point. I was. It's fun because all throughout town, I'm like, oh, that's one of my kids. That's what I call him. <laughs> and so now my friends that weren't with me when I was a youth minister yeah. will pass people of all kinds of varying ages. And I'll point somebody out and they're like, oh, let me guess. That's one of your former kids. Like no matter <laughs> where we are, because I could hardly go anywhere without seeing somebody. I get that from my kids sometimes, too. Like, oh, is that someone you used to be a legislator with? Or, <laughs> you know, so I, I feel you. It's all good. All right, let's talk about the Warren County Public Library. How long have you been on the job now? About a year? Well, um, I've been... I mean, been, you've been there for a few years. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've been there for five years. Okay. Um, that's how my accidental librarianship started. <laughs> I was doing an author event for the fantastic Lisa Rice. She's awesome. And I came in griping about Nashville traffic, and she said, you know what would fix that? You come here and work for me. And I was like, is that real? Because that sounds like retirement. Because you can write in Bowling Green, too, right? I can. And actually, that was one of the things she invited me to do is to continue to be who I am and what I was trying to do in the world, but in one place. Yeah. You know, it's been a long time um, traveling and speaking and trying to put, like, joy and matter into the world. And she was like, what would it be if you stayed long enough to see the ripple? And um, Wow, that's powerful. It was a really powerful moment in my life. I mean, I really... I, uh, I stepped up from that um, time when she was sitting next to me and I uh, trucked myself back to Nashville and I was like, I'm saying yes. Yeah. 
And, and you've um, been here before, so you need, you need the neighborhood. I did. And you know, um, you know, Nashville's thriving in a way I don't love. <laughs> well, it, it, it's getting expensive. It was so expensive. <laughs> and it was, it took the amount of time I lost off my life to traffic just didn't feel yeah. necessary for, to be an artist. Do you, th- do you find it ironic? I, I've always, because when I lived in Clearwater, St. Pete, I lived 12 miles from my, my place of employment and it took me an hour each way. Oh, right. You know, we you can you can spend the same amount of time in your car driving from Bowling Green to Nashville, or you can live in Bowling Green and go five minutes. That's exactly what happened. I realized when I moved here that the time it took me to get to the Nashville airport was the same. I used to live like five miles from there, yeah. and now I live 60, same amount of time. Yeah. I was like, it's safe to move to Bowling Green. Um, but that pathway, that invitation to, to come here and, and do what I love, um, as she kind of sought... Um, the, I guess you would say the, the end of her professional development, I started looking at what she was doing and I'm like, look at the impact, right? Look at the possibilities. And I kind of remember bravely sending her a text message. She was at the beach and, uh, just saying, Hey, um, I think I might be interested. I know I'm not a librarian exactly, but. But you're familiar with the Dewey Decibel system. (laughs) (laughs) Familiar enough. (laughs) Um, and, uh, she, uh, out of, um, just, you know, was walking in that season with such wisdom and humility and love and care and invited me into a mentorship. And I mean, I just pledged that to any young person who's trying to figure out what to do with their life. Find a mentor, man. Cause it, it changes everything. It really so, does. That led me. I've I've been um, the director since September would have been a year. Um, so I'm working on my second year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm going to it was recently announced, you know, you've had to make some decisions. Yeah. Some that that may not seem it may leave people scratching their heads a little bit. But then when you think about it, you're like, well, maybe that is the right decision. And I'm talking about the Soaky Book Fest. Right. Uh, Which is near and dear to my heart. Because mine too. <laughs> that is the place where that conversation with Lisa Rice happened. Yeah. And so me, of all people, would never make that decision, like, idly, just like with no thought. Yeah. Um, And so... um. You know, knowing how our community loves books, knowing the value that it brings to authors, we just sat down with the reality of the financial picture and said, how can we give this back to the community bigger and better? Mm-hmm. And um, and yes, it did mean that the nostalgia of that one particular day kind of comes, lets its story come to an end. But the whole new gamut that I do deeply believe will serve people even more um, came to life. Yeah, I think uh, when we were talking before we recorded, um, you, you kind of said it this way. We're taking one event and turning it into 30-something events. That's right. So and if you happen to be out of town that day for Soaky Book Fest, yeah. you're out of luck. Yeah. And now you can just pull up our events calendar and go, wow, 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 that's that's this. This is this. You know, Jim Cantori's coming in. Um, we've got, if another storm doesn't come through, that's right. If another storm doesn't come through, that is so true. Um, we've planned it for summer now. We've moved it out of, oh, great. um, they're in hurricane the, season. Right. 
Um, There's no winning. I mean, no. it, weather is what it is. So. It is. I mean, and that's obviously his job first before he's like, no, sorry, guys, I can't do this. Put this storm on hold, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, there's a major winter storm coming through, and right. I need to stand next to a pole and hold on to it with the wind blowing. That's, yeah. <laughs> but he is entertaining. He is, and you know... When's he coming back? Before? He is coming back um, the 1st of June. I don't have the date in front of okay. me. So it's um, in June. It is. It's it's the very beginning, first week of June, um, which will be exciting. Are, are uh, potential board members allowed to attend that event? <laughs> uh, everyone is allowed to attend that event. We would love to have you. Um, right. It's kind of... It feels necessary. Um you know, our wonderful partners, WNKY, came to us. Um, mm-hmm. We'd been working with them through Marquee Backstage at the Capitol. Right. And just said, you know, we n- recognize you as um, information givers to the community, that people trust you as a source of information. And we want to partner with you all to talk about extreme weather. I mean, you know as well as I do the type, the devastation that came yeah. in this community here. And we all know it's going to keep coming. I mean, it might not hit here, but we're going to, we're having more. The Red Cross will tell you they're having more billion-dollar disasters in shorter periods of time than they had in 10 years. Yeah. And so we're trying to build a resilient community, and, and resiliency really is linked to knowledge. And so we want to make sure people yeah. come out for it. Absolutely. And, and you know, he, he's seen and done it all. He so. has. He'll uh, he'll he'll be able to shine a, a lot of light on this and you know talk about I know we're getting off the library and we'll get back on stuff but you know one of the things that that the Weather Channel and other weather professionals do is you know they have uh, it's like the old movie Twister you know the warning systems are good but they're still not good enough you know <laughs> and and they are good but you know there's always going to be something tragic that happens as we know from December a couple of years ago and uh, we're still recovering from it. Um, literally. Absolutely. And, and so it, it, it's great that, that you are doing that. And we'll talk more about some of the programs, but, you know, having to get rid of the, I don't want to say get rid of the Soki Book Festival, but convert the Soki Book Festival into multiple events. That that was a, a huge decision to make because for over 20 years, the book festival has been part of our um, spring every year. You know, right. you know, the book festival is coming and we're going to get to meet authors and get, you know, books signed and we'll have reading material for all summer, you know. <laughs> Well, now you get reading material all year round. That is exactly right. Reading material all year round for kids, for adults, um, to make sure we support our local authors, which are an amazing part of our community. Um, we're so proud of them, and we we would never want to miss the opportunity to highlight um, who they are. And yeah. I guess that's the one good thing about having an author in the director's seat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always going to be your champion. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you know what they go through. That's exactly and, right. And talking about supporting local authors and local artists, because uh, it goes be, you know, since you all have the Capital Arts Center now, uh, you are provide, you are part of the economic engine for Bowling Green, Warren County, and South Central Kentucky. Absolutely. That's the goal. You know, um, to provide equitable entertainment um, for the entire community. We know, um, when I think about what the Chamber's role is here and being a Chamber partner, you know, they're saying, hey, we have to build a quality of life. I mean, that's something I feel like um, Mike Buchanan and Doug Gorman have just drilled into me. Yeah. Like, 
you know, that's what brings people here. That's what fills up these jobs. And they both have championed the library in an incredible way Mm -hmm. uh, of saying you guys are central to it because not only are you doing programming for people who are eight to 80 or, um, you know, those kinds of dynamics or, or or babies, (laughs) we do tons for babies. Um, but it's also affordable. Yeah. You know, and we all know how difficult it is to live in the financial system we live in now. Post COVID world is more expensive. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. And so, what does it look like for a family of four to go to something? Mm-hmm. Have you seen an uptick in uh, memberships and use in the library since COVID? Oh, my goodness. The last five years have been. Um, a beautiful upward trajectory. Even even during COVID, mm-hmm. we were able to innovate and to reach out and and do some necessary things, especially around our our neighborhoods. And um, you know, we did pop up libraries, pop up schools every day in like four or five different neighborhoods in partnership with Warren County Public Schools. That's awesome. They gave us um, Wi-Fi units, and we put them on all of our bookmobiles. And we would drive to different neighborhoods, turn on the Wi-Fi, and all the kids would come and bring their Chromebooks. And I would pretend like I was a teacher for a hot minute and be like, this is how you use Google Classroom. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, from out in the middle of the yard, uh, using the, the bookmobile as a, uh, a Wi-Fi center. That's exactly what we did. I mean, and that was just one of the things. Um, well, I was going to ask about some of the... Uh, uh, programs and initiatives that you all do, but that that's a pretty big initiative right there to undertake during COVID. It, it was, um, you know, it was just fascinating for me because I was living a different world than so many other people were living. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I, I say this of like, we, we kept all the restrictions, we did all the precautions, but I had more contacts during COVID than I normally have. I mean, I worked every Feeding America line, mm-hmm. and here we were out in these neighborhoods loving on kids. I mean, they, they were just starving for the type of interaction that school brings to them. Yeah. And so many of them, um, as you know, this community is is a rich refugee and immigrant center. And going there, you know, so they some of them may have even started behind and like missing pivotal years of school is so hard. So yeah. we we're like, if we can stand in this gap with teachers, I mean, there's just, it felt like the highest and most valuable of callings. And so we weren't, we weren't nurses, we weren't first line, but I used to tell uh, my brother who's a fireman, he was, I'm like, you're a first responder. I'm a second responder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I would love for people to think of the well, library that Well, you're first responder way. to those that don't need a real first responder. Yes. Yes. That's true. That's you're, true. You're alternate first. That's right. Alternate <laughs> first. <laughs> Or maybe they are. I don't, you know, either way, they're both valuable, valuable roles. But, you know, taking on the capital, uh, making the decision with the the Southern Kentucky Book Festival, which, you know, I remember the first year when Janie Pulaski was there and and helped throw it all together uh, based on her experience from the the one in Frankfurt, Mm -hmm. because she helped worked on that. And, uh, you know, it's a tough decision, but. It started with Lisa, you know, bringing in these authors all the time and and having these events, whether it's at the Nicely Center, or if it's at the Capitol, wherever, or even at the at the Kirby Branch. I mean, Paul Stanley came to town. I got the, I got to be his his book shuffler. 
As he was, <laughs> I'd shuffle the book as he signed each one, and mm-hmm. he did a thousand in an hour. It was like amazing. <laughs> yep, muscle memory yeah. signature. <laughs> but it's a great signature too. It's not like just a squiggly line. It's Paul Stanley. Yeah. So anyhow. Uh, what what are some of the other things that are going on? I know you got to do movies and we do. Um, so there's a whole set of things that run through the Capitol that people may or may not know. So it's available to rent like it's a venue, and okay. so um, you know you can come in and say, "Oh, I want to do a school play," or "Oh, I want to put on a concert," or you know, we had someone reach out um, not long ago and say, "I do this really cool show about um, you know folklore and folk music and." You know, I'm looking for an avenue of how to do that. We're like, yeah, come on to us. We'll see if we can figure this out. Um, Yeah. You know, and so sometimes it's that level. And then sometimes it's promoters, um, you know, like Kentucky Opry will come to us um, and say, I'd like to put a show here. And then, you know, anything that's not Warren County Public Library, but is a rented or produced space is the Capitol Presents. Uh And more often than not, those are what we really mean is those have a ticket price. Yeah. Um, where we try very hard for everything the library does to be like free or darn near close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are just some of the things that, you know, it could be, it could be a music performance. It could be art. Um, and then of course, um, we have an author series that happens once a month at Kirby. It's on Sunday afternoons at three o'clock that happens every year. We're introducing a partnership with both of the school systems to kind of take the place of children's day where we bring in an author a month. Um, that's going to be, it's called let's read. Um, and, and they're helping us select the people that like they're maybe covering in a book in school. Like if the entire fourth grade reads something, how great would it be Yeah, if we we're able to partner up with them and provide the authors that are coming. And when you break it out from spending, you know, a high fiscal dollar on a one big off event, you might go, Hey, we actually made a bigger impact. Yeah. Um, by kind of allocating those funds specifically toward the need rather than who's just available or who has a new book um, in the spring. And a lot of times, I don't know this for sure, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes your only cost is manpower. That's right. For for some of these events and, and some of these authors, they're willing to come to just sell books. <laughs> that is true. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some musicians feel the same way. And we try and do everything we do with thoughts to what else is going on downtown. We try yeah. to never cannibalize any small businesses. Sure. We try and be thoughtful about um, some of the larger events that are going on. Like, we know the hot rods are downtown. We know, you know, that concerts in the park are happening. And so we try and take all of those things into account and go, what is a multi-generational fit Mm -hmm. that goes not just for library purposes, but for the entire community that's existing in downtown space. And, you know, in turn, that that's part of that economic engine that we have here. You talked about Doug Gorman and Mike Buchanan, who have both been on the podcast. But when site selectors look Mm -hmm. for a place to put a new industry, Mm -hmm. a lot of time they check a couple different things. First, they find out what kind of school systems that you have. Uh, is there a university? Do you have parks and recreation? Do you have workforce? Do you have restaurants and entertainment? And do you have a library? Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're so delighted to stand in, like, the crowd of those giants. Yeah. Um, and make sure that we're offering something. And, you know, like, I'm excited because, you know, some days— 
or I mean, really almost every month we have about 90 programs that are dedicated toward early childhood, mm-hmm. 90 a month. So three a day or two, I yeah, mean, three a day. Right. Because we also have, I believe right now we have nine locations. Um, a lot of people may not know that we do that. We have, I was going to um, ask, I know you like you, you've got several in Bowling Green, but tell us, tell us about them. Where well, are you? so our our major campuses that you would say we got downtown is Lisa Rice yeah. Library, um, you know renamed that um, to recognize our retired director who's fantastic. I just call it the Rice. That's right. That's what we call it, the yeah. Rice. Um, and then of course we have Bob Kirby. Yep. Um, out by Greenwood. That's right. Out by Greenwood. We got Smith Grove, and then the Capitol is actually a full functioning branch. You can check out books, get your books picked up there. Okay. Um, and then we also have the Buchanan um, Gym Library as well. So Parks and uh, Warren County Parks and Recreation is, we, we always joke around and say that, like, we got married. The library and Parks and Rec got married. And, yeah. um, and so we do, we sponsor multiple events together. Um, and one of those sponsorships includes a library. Okay. Now, beyond that, we have satellite campuses. And this is where it gets, for me, really exciting because it's a way to grow the library, again, with that fiscally responsible and partner-oriented model um, rather than just throwing a bunch of money at something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things we did was we just look at the different needs and go, who can we partner with? And like one of my, like I have two just lovely partnerships. One is with Hotel Inc. We have a full service library inside Hotel Inc. Wow. Um, We also, this is like amazing when I think about it. But we have a full-service library that's staffed every single day inside LifeWorks. Oh, over over on WKU's campus, right that's off right. campus. Yeah. And actually, we're 100% sure it's the first neurodiverse library in the state. There's, I'm going with that. It might be the only one in the country right now that is specifically for neurodiverse individuals. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's staffed with that elegance and um, the the collection is thought of specifically. Yeah. Um, we have an upcoming partnership that we're excited about with the international center. Um, and so we're going to be able to put a satellite inside the international center. We have nice. one inside the foundry. We have another inside Parker Bennett Curry community center. And so this lets us be able to have collections in other places that are hungry for library books. Yeah. And we, we staff them all. That's awesome. So get, I, I, I'm intrigued by LifeWorks because what's interesting is is that WKU's had a program on campus, mm-hmm. uh, dealing the Kelly Autism Center and the, the Suzanne Vitale uh, Center for Education. I think that's what it's called. Both of those are partnered up yeah, with LifeWorks. Yeah, yeah, they're both. And so there's a lot of, of knowledge now. There really is. Based on the 20 or so years that they've been doing what they've been doing there at WKU. And so I'm not surprised that they have specific materials uh, that they need for that library, and and you all are able to provide it. Well, and it's also just a regular full-service library, Um, and it has programs just like all of, nearly all of our, I think, satellites and, of course, our main locations, they all have programs um, for all ages. And to me, our staff... You just can't imagine how brilliant they are and what they pull off. I think it comes from good leadership. <laughs> I know well, you would never I'm, say that. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> but go ahead and brag on your staff no, because I, they do fantastic work. They do. You know, um, I, I had an opportunity um, 
you know, as you, as you know, like cost of living, it, it makes everything harder and that's harder on local businesses to try mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, how somebody can hit the standard of living, especially with affordable housing, you know, and I had an opportunity to advocate for, um, their pay rate at a certain point. And I was able to look every board member I, I had in the eyes and say with true conviction you could actually take every programming dollar we have and pour it into our people and they would what they produced would be just as good as what they produce now with money yeah they're that good so pay them <laughs> so uh, well and you know yeah. what it wasn't i, I yeah, say that I, like i, I had it. to make an argument i did not they're no. like yes pay them i mean yeah. Yeah. we have such support And I think they feel supported. And that's certainly one of my um, goals is to lead them with love. Well, whether it's a a for-profit business or a nonprofit business, you know, keeping and retaining good people is one of the toughest things to do anymore. I mean, I feel like I'm going to lose Justin any day now to a big-time gaming company. (laughs) <laughs> and you, you, you get what I'm saying, though. 100%. And, and so if you have good people, and you do, you know, fight mm-hmm. for them. I do. And if you have a good board, they, they already know that. So They're fantastic. Yeah. And we're trying to make sure that we have um, culture that matches the quality of our people um, so they feel supported every day when they walk in the space. So um, I'm looking at my questions I had for you. We talked about how the library has an impact on the economy. We talked about the programs and initiatives. We talked about um, the economic benefits. And we we really didn't talk about tourism, but there is a tourism component to what you all do at the library. Absolutely. And we actually, um, like, coordinate with the Tourism Bureau. Like, when we have big things coming in, you know, we try and be aware of what are things people will travel for. Like, um, I'm not sure when this podcast airs, but we have a huge event coming up um, tomorrow evening with Kate Bowler. Yeah, that'll be past, but it, it'll be past. But, <laughs> but you'll like, have other events. Well, and you know, we had um, um, Scott Erickson in on Tuesday night. He's an artist, and we had a whole crew of people that drove from Pennsylvania um, wow. to see him. They're like, "We got up at five this morning." I'm yeah. like. How and they, amazing. They, they stayed in a hotel. You bet. They went and ate it at our restaurants. They might have bought a T-shirt right. uh, or a Corvette, um, you know, get a library card and haul their butt back to Pennsylvania. That's exactly right. I tried to convince them to stay all week and come to Cape Bowler. <laughs> <laughs> but that that shows how the library does have an impact, and not only on our, our economic development and growth here, but but it does have a tourism impact. So we talked about that. And we talked about your collaborations with different communities and the parks and rec. And, and, and then you have uh, private entities that, that you collaborate with outside of, you know, organizations like uh, the International Center and LifeWorks and, and so on. Um, you have a lot of great people that support the library. Oh, we couldn't do it without them. Um, and so many people, um, you know, just before I got in the car to come here, someone had um, named the library in their will. Yeah. And you're like, how, I mean. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And, you know, I'm someone who is living the first season of my top leadership life um, in the wake of my dad passing away this summer. And I, so I know, I know what it means to them to say, this is the way we want to honor um, yeah. our loved one. 
And because we know, to me, I think they're saying this will last forever. Yeah. And I can make them last forever. Their legacy lasts forever by donating here and improving the quality of education and literacy um, for people they'll never see and never know. And yeah. I just could never thank them enough for even thinking of us like that. And that, you know, that's a, that's a big deal when, when someone who uh, leaves us and they, they say, I want part of my legacy to go to this organization. It could be a church. It could be a library. It could be a, some organization. Absolutely. That, that's pretty awesome. I'm glad you mentioned your dad. And I'm going to tell you, I never, I, I think I did meet him once. Yeah, probably. But I, I always remember a story you told. I heard, I've heard you tell this a couple of times um, that when your dad, I think if, and if I get this wrong, you know, correct me. Uh, if if you if he took you to school and he would ask you if you needed any money, yeah, he would just hand you the wallet and say, "Take what you need." That's exactly what he did. That's an awesome story. It was, um, you know, I, you know, I was a he middle, trusted you enough. He, he did, just, and you know, I was a middle school punk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, know. <laughs> I'm taking it all. <laughs> I mean, and and he took me to school every day, and it's such a cherished part of my childhood. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I have a, like a very sensory memory of him taking his wallet out of his back, back pocket and passing it across. Probably some old leather wallet. Oh my gosh! That had so that much. That I probably stuff. bought him for Christmas one year yeah. when I was like five or something that my mom picked out. Um, and he would just hand me his wallet and say, "Baby, get what you need." Yeah. Um, and I, I just felt so trusted. And so incredibly loved. And, you know, my parents were both teachers. They did not have money. So I realized there's a little bit of a statement of privilege that someone could hand their wallet to someone else. Yeah. Um, but the I would say that the privilege that I grew up in was fueled by love rather than by money. That's a good Western Kentucky, you know, yeah. rearing. Yes. So, anyhow, <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you brought him up because I always remember that story. So, anyhow, hey. It, the Accidental Librarian. Thanks for being on the Decessory Group podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We'll it was have fantastic. you again sometime. Thank you. Oh, that was a fun conversation. Go check out the Warren County Public Library and some of the great offerings at the Capital Arts Center. And thanks to Courtney Stevens for joining us on the Decessory Group podcast. Hey, to keep up with our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to the pod on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you hear, leave us a really nice review. If you don't like it, just don't say anything, okay? Stay connected with the DeCesary Group by following us on social media and by visiting our website, thedecesarygroup.com. The DeCesary Group produced today's program. Our engineer and master of the Dewey Decimal System is Justin DeCesary, with content contributions from Burke Mattingly and Amy DeCesary. I'm Jim DeCesary, and join us again next time for the DeCesary Group Podcast.